So you do this great thing, okay? Should you expect gratitude? Do you want them to be grateful? Do you anticipate them being grateful? And should they show it to you? That's next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Wow, I wish I could say I was on some great vacation, like we had flown to Belgium or something like that. Of course, Belgium would be a country I would stay away from right now because of the catastrophic flooding. How bad is that? How horrible is that? But I cannot claim a trip. I can't claim some great thing that I've been doing. I've just been away, you know, feeling kind of poorly, kind of busy, which maybe explains my departure from the regular podcast interval. Nonetheless, I am here. Matthew, welcome back to another episode of this, the Gratitude Journal podcast, the podcast that is designed to hopefully allow me some time in front of this stupid microphone to figure out something to be grateful for, because I think it's a good thing, and maybe to spurn you on to maybe finding gratitude in your own lives. That's the purpose of this podcast, and I think that gratitude is important. I'm still trying to completely understand the whole concept of it, as you will discover, particularly in this episode, but that is the purpose of this podcast, and hopefully you derive something from it, and I would be very appreciative if you would forward it to other folks, so maybe they can download and listen on their platform of choice. It is a particularly rainy day. In fact, I would go so far as to say that here in Northeast Ohio, it's going to be a washout. It's just one of those Saturdays that you never want. It's the Saturday you don't dream about. You wake up, it's pouring already, and it's going to be pretty much that way throughout most of the day. So this seems like a good day to avoid cleaning out the basement and and to sit in front of a microphone here in the basement lair talking to you about gratitude. But I do realize that I can only put off cleaning the basement for so long. Eventually, I have to face the music, right? We have to do those things that we really don't want to do. Isn't our lives really a collection to a certain extent, even more pronounced on some days? Things that we really don't want to do, but we have to do. And sometimes I will say to Donna loudly, I just don't like doing stuff that I don't want to do. And that pretty much has summed up a couple of days over the past, I would say, 10 days or so, compounded by the fact that I've just kind of felt this overall lightheaded dizziness, enough for me to reach out through the patient portal to my primary care physician to get an appointment to have it kind of, quote-unquote, looked at. Now, I don't know how you uh, ascertain what the dizziness is about. You know, blood work didn't really show anything. Uh, I have kind of like a medication that I take sort of haphazardly for these ocular migraines that I've had ever since I was a kid. And I did take a half a pill through several days, but it seemed like if that were, if that were the case that resulted in my sort of dizzy lightheadedness, then why did it wait a couple of days, you know, to 
show itself because I spent a couple of days not taking them. It was just really a mystery. So as I'm trying to lay this all out for my primary care physician, who I'm sure marked me down as patient number 21 for the day, he probably had a soccer game to go to for his youngest son. And he's kind of nodding and looking blankly through me like, okay, I think we're almost done with this appointment. I can get on to appointment number 28 or whatever I was in the lineup. That was his general overall feeling. So it didn't seem like I had a tumor in my head. It didn't seem like I had, you know, uh, any kind of wacky white blood cell count because I had blood work done. Who knows? But it was enough for me to like just kind of get through the workday and then sort of sit in a chair. You should have seen my workout. And you never watch a person try to do a workout when they really can't stand upright. It's really kind of odd and maybe really kind of funny. I should have filmed it. I could have got even more YouTube views than I normally get for my sad YouTube channel. One thing I always keep in mind about parents, and one thing I always remember about my own parents, is that our parents would oftentimes instruct us, probably better put, order us, to say thank you when some other adult did something for us that they felt that we should say thank you for. You know, like somebody gives you something, and my parents would say, what do you say? And of course, we would say, thank you. And one thing I do notice about my siblings, because I do feel like parents give wisdom to their children and their children as parents oftentimes emulate their parents. So I see that in my siblings. Now, out of the seven of us, I'm the only one without children. So I'm speaking really as sort of a onlooker from a distance, but it seems to me that as I've watched them integrate with their children and discipline their children and the way they treat and talk to their children, that they have gotten those same kind of principles from our parents. Because I've heard them say to them, what do you say? And then, of course, their kids will say, thank you. And it's kind of cute how my niece Lauren's children do it sort of all in unison, all three of them. Uh, I really need to record it sometime because it's very, very cute. But I think that this act of instructing the children to show gratitude is instilled early on. And I do wonder, when did we lose that? Because it seems to me that that act of expressing gratitude has gone by the wayside. Now, that could be because it's just a teenager thing, but why would it materialize in our adult lives? That's what sort of stumps me and it sort of puzzles me. And it begs me to ask the question, should we expect gratitude? So we do this thing for someone. It can be for our loved one, which I'll get to in a second. It can be for anyone. It could be holding the door open. It can be allowing somebody to go ahead of us. I know sometimes when Donna and I are driving and we come up to a four-way and someone comes up to the four-way at the same time and they have their left-hand turn signal on, let's say, and I will 
wave them through like you go ahead and as they're making their turn i'm expecting them to wave at me okay i'm expecting them to acknowledge this gratitude that i just showed them out of the kindness of my heart and when they don't i will turn to donna and say oh thank you no problem sure hey you will go ahead. I'll just let you go and I'll just wait for you. So that unnerves me. You know, it kind of pisses me off a little bit. You know, the truck driver who's on your right side and you see his left turn signal on. And is there anything more annoying than being on the interstate and having to allow a semi truck to get in front of you? Nobody wants to do that. These poor semi-trucks, they probably just wait to have some guy and a girl in a regular car give them the wave so they can go in front of them. Because now, not only do you have to wait for these other cars, but now you have a semi-truck. That equals what? Two and a half, three car lengths? Now I have three extra cars that I have to sit behind. So nobody wants to let a trucker in. So the ultimate, the ultimate expression of gratitude is having that trucker pull in front of you after you waved this person into your lane or flashed your lights saying to that trucker, you go ahead. And all I'm waiting for, all I'm expecting is that ultimate show of gratitude. You know the ultimate show of gratitude I'm talking about. I mean, when that trucker flashes his lights on his trailer saying to me, hey, dude, Thank you for allowing me to go in front of you. And when that trucker doesn't do that, that pisses me off. I want gratitude shown to me. I want to be acknowledged for my gratitude. In past episodes, I'm sure I've mentioned the late, great Jim Cheneau, my good friend who I worked with at a radio station here in Akron, Ohio, back in the early 90s and really continued to have a friendship with a person who was really an idol of mine, who really early in my career, I wouldn't say act as a mentor per se, because I really had tried to pattern myself after all of his moves. I mean, I tried to copy and emulate everything he ever did on the air. Of course, I failed miserably at that chore, but Jim Cheneau was a guy who continued to be my friend. And so it just has always amazed me as I share with people who knew Jim during his time over at 91.3 The Summit here in Akron. As I share with them, I couldn't believe that this guy who I sort of you know admired from a distance as a listener and as a budding radio person actually considered me a friend. I mean, it still slays me to this day. And one of the things that I've admired about Jim always when he was alive was his appreciative, grateful treatment of people who served him. He seemed to go particularly out of the way to acknowledge their existence. And I noticed that it would start at these live remote broadcasts where listeners would come up to him and they would say, hey, you're Jim Cheneau, because he just has this very recognizable voice. And, you know, of course, they knew him from maybe a picture in the paper or something like that. But, you know, there wasn't social media platforms back then. So a lot of people really didn't know what Jim looked like. And he just but they knew the voice this very sort of baritone, powerful voice that just cut through. And it cut through even if he would say, mm-hmm, oh yeah, I know, or you know, or something like that. You just, 
he has had a way of just just being very recognizable, and he also had a way of showing people gratitude. And I was in you know, countless you know lunch places and uh, diners or whatever, just having coffee and and you know, a quick lunch, you know, between both of our jobs. And and the person who would come over to wait on us, he genuinely was concerned about how their day was going. And when he would ask them how's your day going? He looked at them in the eye and was like, I'm anticipating response. He was naturally and genuinely concerned about what was going on with them. And if I were on the receiving end of that, I think I would sense that appreciation for what it is you do. Like you're going to bring me wonton soup and it's going to be to my liking because I'm paying for it. And I appreciate the fact that you're doing this. On the opposite end of the continuum, it would be somebody who says, I'm a customer. I'm always right. You treat me the way I need to be treated or else I'm going to go elsewhere or complain to a manager or I'm going to send this back. There was nothing of that from him. And it taught me to be more appreciative of those servers. And I hope and I think that I do this, but I hope to this day that when I go in to pick up something for carryout, or somebody at the Home Depot, you know, hands me a receipt or comes over to ask me if I need anything. I hope that I show the same level of appreciation. But what happens if we don't have that appreciation shown to us? Do we still treat the other person with the same genuine gratitude for what they they're doing or who they are should i punish myself because that trucker didn't flash his lights why do i get so upset because that gratitude was not shown to me because i just did this great thing can we do great things can we do the little things without being shown gratitude. And it's something that I've been dealing with quite heavily in our journey in the Alzheimer's realm. And it's something that I've brought up on more than one occasion with the therapist that I'm working with. How do I deal with the aspect of not feeling appreciated? and not getting the sense that this other person is grateful for all these things I'm doing. I can think of several incidents over the course of my life where I'm still to this day very grateful for a courtesy that was extended to me. I remember when I was going into the seminary, there was a parishioner whose name I won't mention because maybe they won't want their name to be mentioned. But I'll just say that this person's name was Jack because that was his name. So, <laughs> so as long as I guess I don't mention last names, I guess we're okay. And Jack was a fairly involved parishioner at our home parish. And 
I was about a week away from going away to the seminary, and I was leaving Mass one Sunday, and he saw me, and he pulled me over to the side, into the sort of the vestibule off the side, the right side of the church as we were going out. And he waited till all these people walked past. And he had a $100 bill in his hand, and he pressed it into my hand. And he said, I don't know, and I don't care if you go all the way to priesthood. I hope you do. But I just want you to know how proud I am and how proud this parish is that you're going to try this and that you're going to go out and, and put forth everything that your parents have taught you and everything that these priests and nuns have shared with you here at St. Peter's. And, and I just want you to have this, and this is just a small token. And I was just so taken back by that. Not only was it the largest amount of money that I've ever been given, but I was just really grateful that he would take me aside and say that to me. And those words still ring in my head. I can still see his face. And perhaps I should seek him out and find out, A, if he's still living, and B, if he is, to share with him how grateful I am. And, and I'm making a mental note to do that because I think it's important that people are acknowledged for the things that they do, for the grateful things that they do. And if they're not acknowledged, then if it's possible to be acknowledged, I think they should. If they're not acknowledged, then what happens then? What happens next? Anything? Do we just let that go? When I was working for the sports radio station in Washington, D.C., and this is the other thing that kind of really sticks out of my head, and to this day, I'm very grateful for it. We had a general manager, and his name was Jim. And Jim was a D.C. native, and he knew, working at a sports station, that there were a number of people from all over the country who came to D.C., you know, to work. I mean, D.C. is really a melting pot of all these different people and from different places. And so at a sports station, all the people who worked there, they would routinely wear, you know, the colors and, and the logos of the teams that they followed from, you know, the place where they grew up and where they were born. And of course, when I worked at the sports station in Washington, D.C., as I did every place that I've ever worked where the locale was outside of Northeast Ohio, I flaunted Cleveland sports teams. I wore all their logos. I obviously, even though most of the time the teams that I followed sucked, I was proud to quote unquote fly the flag for these teams. And so he knew that I was a big Cleveland sports fan. And so one day he called me into his office and he brings out this sort of pullover, like a like a vinyl pullover that you would wear, you know, maybe in the in wind conditions or rainy conditions. And it had the Chief Wahoo logo. I know that's a bad thing now to flaunt, but it had the Chief Wahoo logo and, you know, he brought it out and he laid it on his desk and he said, I just want to let you know how proud I am of the work you're doing. And I just want to let you know that, you know, I know that you're far from home and you're, you know, missing your family. And I just want to give you a little piece of home so that you can have this. And, you know, the next time the Indians are in town, I want to get you tickets because our station was a Baltimore Orioles affiliate. And I want you to go whenever you feel that you want to go. And so I remember having this jacket. I had it for a long time and I've lost a considerable amount of weight. And of course, I can't wear it now. And I gave it away to somebody who could wear it. But 
I was always just very appreciative. Whenever I looked at that jacket, that, that he would take the time to pull me aside and to do that. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. And I have had the chance to thank him for doing that because we're friends on Facebook. And I say, you know, to this day, I remember that gesture and it really meant a lot to me. But how about if we're not appreciated? How about if we do the things that nobody says anything about? How do we treat that? My friend Ron in Kentucky gave me a book from an author I'd never heard of, and his name is Galen Ferguson, and he wrote a book called Natural Bravery. And I have to say that it is a book that I'm slowly plowing through. Now, it's not to suggest that the book is not interesting. It is. It's full of concepts that lean in the Buddhist tradition things that I want to make sure that I understand. It's also written in very short chapters. And how I've approached this book is to read a couple of chapters and then sort of let them sink in. And lately, I've been doing that with several books. I have this little stack to the right. Usually, I download books from the library onto an old iPad, and I read them that way, and then I send them back when I'm done. But it's been kind of rare where I've actually pulled out a physical book to read. And my lighting sucks where I sit and I have to make a mental note to change that. But this book is called Natural Bravery and it's something I'm trying to grasp. It's something I'm trying to wrap my head around. And I came across this segment of a chapter about not expecting gratitude. And I just want to read a small section of this particular chapter from Galen Ferguson, if you will indulge me. Quote, Don't expect gratitude. What a wise saying. If our efforts on behalf of others are based on their being grateful, we will certainly fail. A glance at history shows countless women and men whose generosity and patience, bravery and kindness went unrecognized, unrewarded. If our bravery is largely conditioned, like a dog eagerly performing tricks for another delicious treat, we will eventually give up. We stall out midstream because we are dependent on others for wind in our sails. In contrast, Windhorse is an inner motivation, a force that cares unceasingly for others, a typhoon of compassion. End quote. I have been mulling this section over for a number of days now. And I shared this with my therapist yesterday because I'm in this situation where I know that Donna doesn't mean to do this. And this would never be a part of her regular regimen to not show appreciation. But when you're a caregiver, I think I'm learning as a caregiver. I can't speak to have tons of caregiver experience, but what I've learned so far as a caregiver is that the things that we do oftentimes will not be acknowledged. And as I think I've demonstrated earlier in this podcast, I think most of us probably want to be appreciated. If we make a good meal, we want to know that people liked it. And sometimes they will show how much they liked it by saying, wow, that was really good. Um, and that might be enough. 
And that's maybe the appreciation we need. I mean, I think we, we want that feedback naturally. We need it. And I think in deference to the wisdom of Galen Ferguson, I think we just lean in that direction. It's just a natural inclination for us to want to be appreciated. It doesn't take away from the fact that he is exactly right. I'm assuming it's a he. That he is exactly right. That it is a mission, a goal of ours to do the things that we need to do without the need to have someone express gratitude for us doing it. And that's tough. That's tough for me. I'm trying to figure out the solution to that, to make myself feel better about those days when I feel like I've done 26 things in a row to assist my loved one in her journey on that day, and nothing is said in response to that. What is the best way for me to deal with that? I need to be better at not allowing the wind to be taken out of my sails because these things occur. I think what I can do, and maybe what I would urge you to do, if you feel the same way at times, while my boss didn't acknowledge this great action that I did, didn't acknowledge that I stayed 20 minutes more than I needed to. I had a client yesterday where I did some extra work for them. I sort of took it upon myself to do it so that their load would be lessened. And I never heard anything back from that. So my immediate inclination is to go, great, thanks a lot. Just like that trucker who wouldn't flash his lights. See the next time I do something for you again. No, quite the opposite. I think I need to refocus my energies to continue to do things for others without the need to have gratitude shown to me. And I think that in turn teaches us and me more about being grateful for the opportunities to do things for other people. If that opportunity to do something for someone else can be a substitute for this emptiness we may feel about not having appreciation shown our way, then maybe that's the wind we need in our sails. I don't know. I'm, I'm pondering that. I'm giving that it's just due. I'm letting that sink in. And as I was saying this to my therapist, who I guess in the end doesn't really offer me a lot, but it did allow me through me talking to kind of figure that next step out on my own. I mean, as I was explaining it, I was thinking to myself, you know, maybe instead of just waiting for someone to flash their lights at you, you ought to just go ahead and do something nice again for somebody else. Who knows? Maybe that's the wind in your sails you need. And so as I was telling him this, I was thinking, well, maybe that's what I need to do. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Hence, should we expect gratitude? 
So in your day-to-day doings, the day-to-day events that happen in your life, I think it's important that if we're able to, if we can find the time, if we can recall it, if we can find a way to express it, I think it's important that we tell other people the thank yous and the expression of gratitude and to do a Jim Cheneau and tell that person, I really hope you have a good day. I really hope your shift ends soon so you can get home and see your children. I really hope that you have a better day than you did yesterday. And hey, it's really sunny out. I hope your shift ends soon so you can go out and enjoy some sunshine. And these things that show appreciation at all levels of interactions that we have with people. One of the things that I admire so much about my friends Ron and Gary and their relationship is that they spend a lot of time sharing with each other how many small things that they're appreciative of. And these are the things that my mate and I did for years and years. And and while I think this disease has stolen that from her, I feel like it's my job to find new ways to be an even better caregiver and to not let that wind be taken out of my sails. It's tough, though. It's very tough. There's no panacea. I am very honest about that. That's the journey, I think, is finding ways not to expect gratitude, but to be hyper-appreciative of it when it comes our way. Well, I guess that was kind of a long-winded answer. But uh, that's fine. Long-winded answers today work because all it does is prevent me from having to go in the other room and clean out the basement. And finally, I finally got the results of my creaky, crackety, crookedy, wacky knee issues. And I have no damage. I didn't do anything. You know what it was? It's arthritis. Yay, I'm getting older. All that stiffness is really arthritis. And here, here's a one-sheet paper of these 11 different exercises that you should be doing. And feel free to anticipate the invoice we're going to send you for (laughs) us telling you that you're old and you have arthritis in your knee. I mean, I feel better about it, I guess, knowing that I didn't rip an ACL. But it sure is disfigured as compared to the other knee. But this is what happens when you get old. We get old, right? We get old. This is the day to clean. It's a rainy day. It's a day to do a podcast and show gratitude for the sun that may return tomorrow. So here's hoping that you have a wonderful weekend and that if you know people who aren't vaccinated, oh my gosh, come on. What's the problem? Get that needle in your arm so we can not be afraid of this variant. It's craziness. Come on, people. You can do it. Also, tell your friends about the podcast because I don't even know what this is supposed to mean. We're approaching 10,000 downloads. I mean, is that a good number, a bad number? I'm sure Joe Rogan and some of these folks have 10,000 downloads of the first two minutes after they post a podcast episode, but that's okay. I'm grateful that you have downloaded this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast.